The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to BrumRadio.com and click on Shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. It's been a very long time, hasn't it, love? I don't know where, really. I've had a lot of people on at me saying, well, I've had people on at me going, right, where is it? You know me, if people want it, then we will return to it. We just had a bit of, I don't know, we thought everything was changing, which it has, of course. And it's all, I don't know, step back up again. and So you don't know what to do, really. So I, I did say, I saw this woman, I mean, I did have my mask on, always masked up. She said, I think this is what she was saying, Anyway, we have been missing you. I think that's what she said. I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll have a word with Paul. And we're back in the game. Oh, now in Naomi, I know what I'm talking about. Hiya, love. Hiya. I'm just... Hiya. Hiya. Thank you very much. I'm saying to Paul, she sounds nice and clear, doesn't she, Paul? Yeah, this is Paul. We've just started. So some people say, oh, it's lovely talking to you. When will the, when will the um, interview start? And I always go, well, it's nearly finished. So it's... <laughs> it's start- <laughs> a lovely laugh. It started. I was just saying to Paul, because he's been doing, at, at Brum Radio, they've been doing loads of podcasts for, what was it called again, Paul? Right, so Writing West Midlands. And Paul, we were just chatting, and Paul said to me, oh, it was funny because a lot of it was female-led. And I said, I don't think that is unusual. It's just that in we've got no records of the involvement of women in writing and doing stuff. And then you popped up and thought we couldn't be pigging better because <laughs> you've been doing what she's been doing, Paul. Very interesting. You've been doing suffragette plays, lost suffragette plays, haven't you, love, on Zoom? Yeah, I've been doing readings of them. Yeah, there, there are about 120 suffrage plays in all, and uh, yeah. we've read 12 so far, so that's very exciting. You keep asking me, and I can't pigging do it. Do keep asking me, won't I you? Will, now? I will, I will, I will. Right. Lovely. What have you found? What have you found out by doing these plays, love? Well, I think I've found out how interconnected they are, and I'm surprised that the same themes keep coming up and up and again. What, one of the things I really wanted to do with these Zoom readings is not to read the kind of hero plays that I talk about all the time because I research this stuff. So there are a few plays that I might go to when I explain, or ones that I know are surefire hits. So part of the, the impetus for doing these readings on Zoom is to do the ones that I've I never heard read or that I've you know I've typed up from the original manuscript in the British Library or ones that have not been published ever you know or not been done really since 1911 for example so really it's to to give voice to these and to to hear just the different styles and different genres of the kind of writing that people were doing and some are professional writers some are performers who are the people who wrote the plays some are performers who then you know maybe wrote one or or two things but they really capture a moment they capture a a zeitgeist about the suffrage campaign, about Edwardian theatre, um, about how the sort of discussions that women were having, women and men were having about feminism and suffragism um, in that period. And and so one of the things I've been most surprised about really is how well they've come across. And I say this as a lover of suffrage plays, about how, how well even the ones I've thought, oh gosh, this might be a do- bit dodgy, have come across, and how wonderful it's been to talk to actors and performers about them. We have a little discussion after everyone and sometimes academics have come and talked but really just to give performers um the chance to reflect on on the plays and to reflect on on their ideas really challenge their ideas of what 
kind of what Edwardian theatre was like. So I, I love performers and I, I really think what actors think about things is interesting. Um, and so that's been really great to discuss them and to find out how good they are and to see the variety of style, genres and ideas that are coming up in, in what's a relatively short period before the First World War. Brilliant. Now, listen, well, I've, I've, I've already people listening to this podcast, riding the bike, you know, in a car go, bloody hell, Barbara's up in the world. This is very, very interesting. This is <laughs> not that everybody, not that everybody that I've talked to has not been very, very interesting, but you know, she's had a break because we've not done it for about a month. She's come back. <laughs> she's come back with something worthy of Radio 4. <laughs> Thank you. You're pigging, welcome. <laughs> I can just see people now going pigging, eh? <laughs> right, listen, darling. What, what, oh, how lovely. So you've got people talking. What have they kind of said that made you, you know, because I, I, well, we're both performers as well. So you do this yeah. academic stuff, don't you? Then also we, yeah. we go on stage and you put a feather in your hair. Yeah. What, what else would you say you did to create yourself as Ada Camp? What's the essential things that you go, oh, Ada's here now. What did you do to get Ada here? A growl. Oh, go on then, give us a growl. <laughs> I, I growl before on stage because it makes me feel a bit naughty and a bit mischievous and it makes me feel quite powerful in a silly way. So I don't go on stage yeah. feeling, feeling vulnerable. I go on stage feeling a bit naughty. Like I've just been inside stage and gone, mm. and I'm like, hello. It gives me a sort of mischievous energy. So I think <laughs> I can see how that works. It's brilliant. That part's <laughs> loving it. And there's a lot of dogs and cats at home going, ooh, that Baba's, <laughs> Baba's got representation of us. Very good. So a, a growl happens. That's growl very good, happens. that is. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Anything else that's part of the kit? Well, I suppose you, it, it would look like it would be all the... But actually, it's not that. I think it's just the silly energy of it. There's something... I love all that kind of old-school variety. I loved it when I was a you know a young person. And I just... I love the silly. I love silly energy. And I love playing with people. And I think there's something about putting all that stuff on that's very freeing. But um, I think it's the growl and then hearing the audience and seeing the audience and just wanting to play with them. So in a way, the... The get up is is for me because it masks me, and it is for them because it's it's exciting and it looks special. But um, it just kind of frees up the energy to flow. So I I just I love that. So it's hearing them, seeing them, and then doing a bit of a growl. I reckon. Wow! Oh, absolutely lovely. Now <laughs> I think that the and we'll have a photo. So you, it'd be good for you to send a picture of Ada Camp for those people that don't know. So that's I nice. You send that to Paul after. Um. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the very first time that we did anything together was at the, well, it wasn't called the Swinging Poodle. What's it called, the, love, in the London? Poodle, the Poodle Club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the absolutely brilliant Poodle Club. What area of London is it, love? It's in Sydenham, which is south-east London. Right, now, if you've never heard of the Poodle Club, and I'm not, I don't think enough people have, it's small, isn't it, love? So you get that, it's absolutely beautiful little pub run by, what's her name? She's a nice woman. Karen. Karen. Karen and her yeah. partner. What's her partner called? Uh, helpfully, Darren. Yeah, Karen and Darren. Yeah. And they've, got, they've got a little dog who's a poodle. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, dog. Is that right? They got, yeah. That's it, Darren, Karen and Bex. 
course you are. I suddenly thought, well, I hope it was Piggy who wasn't booed, even though I dreamt it. <laughs> so, because sometimes that happens. So, um, you rack up and you think, in my case, coming on public transport, ooh, you know, don't live in London. Oh, what a piggy long way to come. Why am I keep doing this? And then I walked from the uh, tube thinking, am I going to get back? That's often what I'm thinking when I get in places. Mm. Am I going to pig and get back from here? And then I arrived at this little pub and I thought, oh, I like the look of this. And I went in and thought, Oh, I like the look of this. And then the changing rooms at the back, she's it's only small. She's decorated it really nicely, hasn't she? Then you was there. It's only a small changing room, but very, very nice. And the back door was open. I just thought, oh, I do like the look of this. I really thought it was a lovely evening and you were lovely. The audience were fantastic. She got a little stage with a lovely curtain. It's proper, isn't it? It's proper it, place it to It is perform. proper. And you were fantastic. You made me howl with laughter. I was at the back just howling. It was brilliant. Oh, it was wonderful. I just love the whole thing. It seemed to me to be as it should be. Yeah, How's she doing over lockdown? She's been all right, she's all right. She's, uh, The Poodle Club's gone on tour, so... Um, doing gigs now oh. in a, a really big kind of Edwardian working men's club called Tudor Livesey Hall, which is also in Sydney, so kind of not too far away from the, where the Poodle Club is, but much bigger, which means it can be socially distanced. So we just started doing live shows there, um, which is really fantastic. So yeah, it's had a kind of couple of big gala shows and now she's doing Friday nights there. So just to keep her presence and then hopefully, um, you know, when things kind of chill out a bit, she people can get back into the Poodle Club. But no, at the moment, we're at the Tudor Livesey Hall, which has got the most gorgeous stage and people have been doing shows there since you know the early 1900s so it's a real treat oh now that sounds really fantastic so what because you're in london you know what's going on so is there much going on yeah i think people are beginning to get back to it still doing online gigs um but some of the kind of cabaret clubs are um opening up again so i'm doing a show as ada a solo show in a week and a half at the phoenix artist club in soho so people are beginning to come back and do cabaret shows um, and the venues are socially distancing um where there where there's room so at the moment kind of tentative steps forward and, and obviously something online stuff as well but from maybe trying to get as much open air stuff as possible before the, the summer sort of officially ends but yeah. yes hopefully things are moving in the right direction that's good now i i did a socially discipline a couple of them the first one i did uh, the frog and bucket it was like a pilot for the government and then the next day they closed down Manchester in the northwest, so I felt guilty about it. You know, do you oh, think no. is it my fault? Anything? But there's something about those um, smaller audiences. I mean, we've all done socially distanced audiences, haven't we? Naomi, mm. we've performed yeah, to five yeah. or six people. You know what yeah, I'm talking about, love, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go, ooh, well, think, oh, it's just like my Edinburgh show, 1986. <laughs> so, um, but I quite like a small audience. And also what I really like is the way that people are split out. It's a bit like a sort of New York speakeasy kind of feel. I don't know. I quite like it. I know people can't make a lot of money out of it, but there's something very nice about people being in their own little space. What, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lovely intimacy, isn't there, with small audiences and, and you can really play and get to know them and it's just different stuff. I just love doing it. And each time you, you learn and you you learn you know more about the audience and you learn more about the act and you, you get to play so no i'm happy with with anybody really and yeah, is that what you two. do more than two yeah <laughs> very nice i like what she just said that you're happy with anybody come on i've got to say be honest more than two well i do so, tricks, you see so you know it's it's you, you've got to have a bit of well 
socially distance magic is tricky, but you've got to have a bit of a, somebody's got to pick a card and somebody's got to not know about it. Otherwise it's just me going, it's the four of diamonds again. Really <laughs> That's brilliant. I love what you said about uh, we're learning. I think one of the great things about being on Zoom and all that and this socially distanced stuff is we are learning again. And you can see acts really having to think things through, work out, sift, shift, do mm. I think it's great for, to get us back on our toes. I think it's sort of been um, a good kick up the bum in a way. Do, do you think so? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's kind of forced us all to embrace the technology. I think we've, we've come to it all a lot quicker than we would have been otherwise. And tended to, but I think before to go, oh, well, other people do that and they're clearly very good at it. So I'll just leave them to do it. Whereas we've had to embrace it and, and, and kind of give it some energy out of sheer sort of desperation, not just for, you know, to support the career, but also just to perform and for, for that communication. Have you been enjoying yeah. doing the Zoom gigs? Oh, I really like it. I haven't, yeah. I've stopped doing them for a bit because I thought everything was changing and I was saying to mm. Paul, I don't know why I've stopped doing stuff. I don't know what happened, but anyway, I'm back in the game again now because it, because actually it isn't all sorted, is it? Things are not sorted, really. And it's, it's good, you're right, it's good to have another sort of string to your bow in that way and not to be afraid of that technology and, and find different ways to, to use it. Now we're becoming more familiar with it and it feels less of a sort of emergency contingency um that, that we can actually begin to maybe make it more playful and, and interact with the audience in a different way rather than just a kind of one way of talking at the screen so you know quizzes and game shows all the stuff that we're doing but but really begin to write material for it in a different way you're right learn and, and move forward and grow yeah well i've been i well i love the zoom i love the idea of going in people's houses and i just really like it so I've been, do you know what I've, loved, I've been loving doing is birthday messages i put ada on like coffee you know dot com buy me a coffee and all that and people have been sending me little bits of money to send birthday messages or just hellos to people. And I just love that. It's a very jolly afternoon, just sending people's love to one another in little videos. And actually, that's been a, that's been a total joy. It feels like really good karma. And I've loved doing that. So I'm going to try and do more of that just for fun and send the messages of happiness and joy to people. I would like to. How did you do that, love? What do you just do? I'd like to... All right, I'm going to do it. Yes, thank you, Naomi. That's <laughs> I think that sounds piggy. Now, the other thing, just what I was going to talk about before you came on, the Birmingham Respiratory Theatre have asked me, I don't know how they're going to do it, have asked me, amongst other people, to come up with little ideas for 10-minute things. They're going to call park bench plays. That's what, presumably they're going to do them outside. Mm. Mind you, they're going into November, so I think we're taking a risk. But anyway, that's all by the by. That's not my problem. Uh so what I've come up with this idea, and it seems to like it, I've got to write it. And the, I think you might be able to help me with it. It's a, I've decided, because they wanted me to be in it, Barbara Nice, Barbara's in Strides at Nice and the Biscuit. That, and it's about what's going on, you know. And mm. the, Barbara, me, moi, would be on a park bench, maybe going, mm, don't get many park benches anymore. They've all got rid of them, which they have. You know what I mean? The cost yeah. of coffee. If you find a park bench, that's when I thought other people at Birmingham to living in the real world do they not know there's not many benches around but i didn't like to say that there's not many benches around anyway but just, i didn't say anything because she's glad of the work yeah before we've gone anywhere with them yeah. so I bit me tongue i thought well, i was saying nothing <laughs> so and so they came to say like, oh yeah any idea what anything they're asking benjamin zephaniah you know what i mean Ooh. so i couldn't say no i know he's nice isn't he so I said, oh, yeah, okay, right, lovely. So 
so my idea that I presented they seem to think it's alright is that I'm Aunt Ben, it's Barbara Nice, and um, she gets talking, as Barbara would, to, as I do, I like talking, to, the, to this woman. And it, it becomes clear over the 10 minutes this woman is from Shakespeare time when they had the bubonic plague. So I'm making a connection between, it's going to call it Mrs. Nice and Mrs. Williams. She's going to be called Mrs. Williams. Uh, I'm making a connection between women living in those times, what they would be up to. And also there's a bit of connection because Mrs. Williams is slightly in the show business, like Barbara is. And at the end, they decide they might do a double act. So do you know, and also Mrs. Williams sort of knows Shakespeare and that lot, because they get, all their theatres get kept being closed down, didn't they? Mm. In London, because a play kept coming back and forward. And mm. I think they had something to do with the number 30. I know we've gone to six now, but it was 30 was a number. And when it, something got to 30, they shut stuff down. And that what they used to do, this is from my bit of research, is because, of course, they needed the money, like all actors and artists, because he wasn't well known then, was he, Shakespeare, like he is now. No. No. He, they said... They went and did the kind of touring. They went out into the provinces mm -hmm. and did shows in the provinces. So I've got them maybe going working in Cradley Heath, which is just outside Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And then they would come back. What were women doing at that time? I know that women were brewers. You were allowed to be a brewer if you were a woman and a hat maker. I don't know whether you knew about that, but that... Unless mm. Wikipedia's lying to me. <laughs> brewer... <laughs> Depth of research, you see. Yeah. Brewers oh and hat makers, but hat I also milliners. Milliners. Yeah, that's right. Um how do you think the plague would have affected the working lives of women? Particularly oh, from the outskirts of entertainment. Is that what oh, I'm asking? Gosh. Well, <laughs> as a historian of the early twentieth century, I am I am low to not your area. Sixteenth, seventeenth. Uh no, not my area, but I suppose uh, on the principle of people were humans in history, I guess it's just, it's just about thinking about. I suppose it's about a maximum radius, isn't it? Is we kind of think that they they probably don't travel as much as or don't have access to travel as much. They um, thinking about kind of agriculture and and you know what you grow, what you eat, where you get your things from, how commerce works, um, how money works, um, how the social structure works, depending on the size of your community. Um, so I suppose all of those things would come into come into it, but I would not want to speculate because I actually have no idea. I think that's quite good because you're an honest girl for a start. So some people go, "Ooh, I think this," and you haven't, and I think that's very good. But it's also leaves it wide open because nobody knows, and I could make it up. Do you think well, that? You'll know. Try it. He'll know. Susanna who? Susanna Lipscomb. She'd be. She'd, she might How do we get hold of Susanna Lipscomb? <laughs> she's that we could tweet you could tweet her she's i think she's 16th century girl on twitter um but she might be a good person oh, yeah, yeah. oh all right then thank you well, this has been useful so we've got the thing with <laughs> the birthday messages and yeah. we could get hold of Susanna lip is she famous Susanna lipscomb she's yeah. a she, yeah she's a sort of media academic so yeah work and ask her and if but she doesn't really, know i, I can make it up period, so yeah i didn't work in that period so i don't really know the sort of the, the buzz of, of who's working in that period but um it sounds really interesting i suppose it's probably not that different there'll just be a few things that are you know that restrict in one way or the other and so therefore it'd be good to if you've got a couple of specifics then then it's really about inserting the human story isn't it 
couple of specifics here. Oh, I like I, I suddenly had an image of me talking to Mrs. Williams and her doing a little growl like you. Well, I have to say, though, you won't pinch your growl. That, do it again. I won't pinch it because your growl. Do it again. Maybe, maybe Ada Camp should come and play Mrs. Williams. <laughs> well, she could. I can see what the respiratory theatres say about it. Say, do the growl. Do you think it's good because it's sort of it does all the things that you said it's sort of say it's a play and i'm slightly being slightly different and it gives you power as well doesn't it you have to do it with it's kind of shiny eyes and your eyebrows up you have to kind of give it some good face energy anticipatory stuff so not a sort of mean growl where you're looking mean you have to give it shiny eyes and like mm. like you sort of yeah anticipating yeah it's very nice <laughs> definitely get a picture I bet there's no reason why you wouldn't... Maybe you could send us you doing it. Paul, it doesn't have to... Could it be a moving image that we've got? Could she send a little video of her... I want to see them eyes, do you? <laughs> yes, please. Please. Thank you. Dressed up. I'll do you a video. Oh, thank you, because she doesn't get dressed up all the time. That's right. Right, so you, you seem to me to be in tip-top form. Because you moved house, didn't you, and everything? Moved house and everything. DIY-tastic. Yeah. And are you, are you all settled and everything now? We're, get, we're getting there. We're getting there. There's still quite a lot to do. But um, we've, we've commissioned a beautiful picture. Went to a gallery and saw this artist who, who was just kind of up and coming. And we asked her, I asked her on Instagram, and we commissioned this beautiful picture. And she just sent me images of it. And it's totally stunning. So I'm really excited about it. And that feels, do you know what, the best thing? Because we've both just rented before all our lives. So it feels so exciting to be able to put pictures up and paint walls different colours and just customize the space a little bit that's so we're probably we're baby steps on that route but it, it feels like such a treat because it's the first place we've we've ever owned and that that feels like such a privilege you still look at it and go gosh really do we you know will we have to move out when lockdown's over <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah. putting things on the walls is wonderful now london when you said do you have to move out lockdown i reminded me of it all it's i've heard people say there's nobody in covent garden is that true love no, I was in central London yesterday and there were lots of people everywhere and the shops were open and public transport. It's not as busy. I haven't been on the bus, but the tube is not as busy. The trains are not as busy. Um, but there are bars open and restaurants open and cafes open and shops open. and There are people mooching about and shopping and things. Oh, OK. Right. Now, I'm very glad I talked to you. Cause my and mind... there are street entertainers in Covent Garden busking and yeah. Uh, right. Well, things have definitely changed because of people. I mean, I think it. Oh, what's her name? It was what's oh, she's a very good comedian. I was talking to her, Jenny Paul. Jenny, Jenny yeah, said she'd got she'd gone through London, it would have been empty and stuff, but that was a good while ago. So it's it was all, ago, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Well, I'm glad to know, I'm very glad to know about all this, right? So, anything else that you want, you've been lovely to talk to, and that yeah. honestly, everything you've said, I've enjoyed. Anything that you were thinking, well, I hope she says this, or I hope she asks well, me I've about that. Well, I've got, actually, I've got my, my book about suffrage plays and all kinds of stuff is coming out in paperback next month, uh, which is very exciting. So I could plug that. Yeah, and do it now. So it's called Stage Rights. Um, it's a, the Actresses Franchise League. But if you put in Stage Rights and then Naomi Paxton, which is my name, you'll hopefully you'll come up with it. It's going to it's come up 20 quid, but at the moment, if you look on the Manchester University Press website and put in WHN, 
50 five zero you can get 50 percent off meaning it's just 10 pounds and if you if you want to know everything i know pretty much about um the wonderful kind of world of suffrage theater and theater and performance people who supported the suffrage movement before the first world war and afterwards then that's the place to go to so if we're going to lock down again and you want a good book to read um, that will talk about politics and representation and theater and activism, then I would send you that way. And I don't get money, I don't get royalties for this. So it's just for the sheer love of the topic. Yes, please do. Um, tell us again what you're putting in people, because people like a pig in bargain. Everybody yeah, queuing yeah. up outside restaurants for that Rishi Hughes. Yeah, well, Honestly. until the 19th of September. Right. Uh, so so read out to... to help out. Yeah, read out to help perfect. So you go to uh -huh. Manchester University Press website, and you look yeah. for stage rights, which is the name of the book, and then you add the code WHN5050. Right, I hope you can remember this note. You've written it down if you want to. I'm going to write it down. WHN50. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Right, oh, I'm glad I asked you that if there's anything else you wanted to say. And I hopefully I'll see you in some backstage area and see you yes. growling and all that kind of stuff. Good luck with your bench. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, need to get writing on it. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes doesn't sound long, but it is really. It's 10 it minutes is. on stage isn't very long because we've been doing it a while, but actually yeah. writing something. Quite and come and do one of my readings soon. And how would they find them? It's on Facebook. You need to join the imaginatively titled Suffrage Plays Reading Group on Facebook. And then you can have access to uh, the videos of the ones that we've done before. All right. So Tuesday night. Brilliant. OK, thank you. And send us that thing about birthday messages. I think that's oh, well, well. pigging oh, good. Um, thank you. You've been absolutely lovely. And she's been lovely, Paul. What a lovely way to come back. Oh, Paul, thank you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> you are brilliant. Right. Take care, my lovely. Bye-bye. Yep. You too. Mwah. Stay safe. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Oh, very nice lady. Lovely, isn't she, Paul? What a lovely beginning. Lovely. Just brilliant. Honestly, I loved it. Okay, so there we go then. Well, that's buoyed me back up and has made me realise that all them people are saying, oh, come on, get back with podcasts with Miss you and Paul. They're right. They are good. They're worth listening to. I could have told him that. So I hope that's helped brighten your day wherever you are in the country, in the world. Barbara Nice podcast, Barbara Nice and Friends, with my lovely producer Paul. We're back in the game. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.